Most of us have experienced some fear in recent days. Fear is a normal human response, and in fact, it can be helpful. Fear is designed to evoke in us a response to danger, fight or flight. I have to remove the threat or I need to remove myself. Uh, to not feel fear is not normal and it's not healthy. Uh, the problem comes when fear, instead of being helpful, becomes debilitating. As the song says, we can become a slave to fear. And this is not what God wants for you and me. You are a child of God. Today we're going to look at a very special form of fear called worry. Worry is a subtle kind of fear. Uh, most fears require a clear and present danger. Not so with worry. With worry, we can be worried about a danger that is vague and distant and only possible. Now, some people are more naturally prone to worry than others. There are natural worriers and our personalities come into play here for sure. But even those of us who aren't naturally prone to worry have worried in recent weeks. What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? What if someone in my family gets sick? There's a lot to worry about right now, and worry is not limited to adults. Kids worry too. And I want to invite uh, kids and teens to stay engaged this morning by playing a little game with me this morning. I want to issue a little challenge, and the challenge is to count how many times you hear me or someone else say the word worry in this sermon. And this is the way we'll play the game. You're listening for the key words, worry, worried, or worries, any form of worry counts. You want to count up the number of times you hear that word and then send the number to me via email, scott.mckee at ward.church. And the first five people to send me the correct answer will be sent a really, really cheap prize. Plus, you'll have the warm glow of victory that comes from being correct. Now, adults, you can play too. Some of you won't be able to help yourselves, but really I'm looking for people under the age of 16 to play this game with me to count how many times you hear the word worry. Now, uh, uh, I do want to say that the, uh, some of you are, are, are worried about this game or worried that you're over 16. I just want to say don't worry about that. There's no need to worry about that. I also want to say that the game has not yet started. So any previous reference to worry does not count in the count. I'll let you know when we start. We're going to start with a scripture reading and close at the end of the sermon. And the scripture reading today is a, is a reading from Jesus' famous Sermon on the Mount. We're going to look at Jesus' words about worry. And again, the game starts with this scripture reading. The game starts now. Matthew is 6.25 to 34. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or drink. Nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? Aren't there more important things for the body than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet our, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? 
And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't work or make clothing, but here's what I tell you. That even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, won't he dress you even better? Your faith is so small. But do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. Your Father, who is in heaven, knows what you mean them. But put God's kingdom first. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All, and all these things will be given to you as well. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these these things will be given to you as well. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day was enough trouble of its own. These are the words of the wisest man who ever lived, Jesus, about worry. Now, why did Jesus teach about worry? Well, the reason he taught about worry is because people worried a lot. And in the first century, they had a lot to worry about. Living conditions in the first century were deplorable. Many people were poor. 95% of people would never be able to read or write. A lot of them were slaves. They would never be free. Many of them were lame or sick. They had no medicine. Plagues would routinely come to a village and would kill up to a third of that city's population. Life expectancy in those days was about 30 years old. And if you made it to five years old, uh, take out infant mortality, your life expectancy would soar to about 45 years old. People in the first century had a lot to worry about. Now, 2,000 years later, living conditions have gotten a lot better. And it's hard to believe, but there are some people watching today who are over the age of 30. There are even some people watching today who are over the age of 45. Right in our day, we are better educated, longer living, healthier, cleaner, freer, better resourced many times over than people were in the first century. Now, in recent weeks, we've had to worry about some very first century-like concerns. Very unusual in our time and place to have to worry about plagues, very unusual in our time and place to face a sickness that cannot be cured by modern medicine. Very unusual to have to worry about poverty. And most of us still don't. I want you to think back to life before the coronavirus, back to a time when we didn't worry about anything. Remember that? Remember life before worry? Me neither. And that's the point I'm trying to make is that worry predates COVID-19. There was a study done by Harvard researchers some time ago that showed that depression and anxiety has grown over the last 40 years 10 times. This is all pre-coronavirus, but worry and anxiety and depression are all way, way up in our society. Kids, do you ever worry? Uh, research has shown that the worry and stress that kids feel at school equals the kind of worry and stress that adults feel in the workplace. Kids, do you ever worry about school? Not this month. 
Do you ever worry about your friends? Do you ever worry about your image? Do you ever worry about how many times I've said the word worry? Because it's stressful, right? The coronavirus is going to go away. We don't know when, but it's going to pass. The economy will eventually return. The stock market will eventually rebound. But do you know what's never going away? Worry. Worry is with us to stay. Now, I don't mean to make light of what's going on in our world right now. Uh, These really are tough days. We really do have a lot to worry about. And as we've said, these days look a, a lot more like the first century than the 21st century that we've come to know. We're experiencing a lot of the same fear and anxiety that the listeners of Jesus' first words would have experienced. We can relate to them more now today than ever before. But Jesus says you will never get to the worry-free life by engineering the circumstances of your life because worry is constant. The only way is to reflect, release, and replace. And those are the three key words today to reflect, release, and replace. What are those three key words? Reflect, release, and replace. Thanks for paying attention. So first of all, reflect. Jesus invites his listeners to reflect. He says in his famous Sermon on the Mount, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Those birds of the air, they don't do anything that we normally think of in terms of uh, the striving to sustain your own life. And yet an amazing thing happens. Jesus says, when you look at the birds of the air, you discover their life is, is not characterized by worry or anxiety or even high levels of production. And yet their life is sustained. And Jesus says, I want you to reflect on the fact that the reason they are sustained is not an accident. It's not due to some random force in the universe. It's due to the fact that an omnipotent God cares for them deeply. And Jesus says, just reflect on that. Begin to think about the life of the birds. I took this photo uh, from my windows earlier this week. Uh, Not the windows of my house, but Microsoft Windows. I looked through Microsoft Windows and I saw this bird on Google Images. And I took this photo. Now this is a sparrow. Uh, Jesus does not specifically name the sparrow in the passage we just read. He simply says birds of the air because friends, all birds matter to God. Boy birds and girl birds. Small birds and big birds. Presbyterian birds and Baptist birds, they all matter to God. Now, the point of Jesus here is not uh, that we don't need to do anything. He's just saying to think about the fact that God takes care of the birds. Now, in another place, Jesus does specifically name the sparrow as the bird, making a very similar point elsewhere in Matthew's gospel. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside of your father's care So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. If God cares for the sparrows, God will certainly care for you. Jesus goes on and he says this to reflect on. Can any of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Jesus says the next time you're obsessed with worry, just ask yourself this question. What good does it do? What value does it do? 
does worrying add to your life? And the honest answer is worrying adds nothing to our lives. Then Jesus says, now I want you to reflect on the flowers. And this photo I took through the very same windows that I took the previous photo from. Jesus says, reflect on the life of a flower. Again, a flower's life is not characterized by a lot of motion and activity and worrying and anxiety. And flowers aren't in the business of clothing, yet they are clothed with greater splendor than human beings. And they don't do anything to really deserve that. Think about it. Where does a flower live most of its days? It lives in something called a flower bed. Just a bed. Flowers spend all day in bed, and yet they're okay. Now, Jesus is not saying that uh, we should be non-productive or that we shouldn't work or that we shouldn't, uh, you know, follow homestay orders, that we should willingly put ourselves in danger. He is not saying that. He's simply saying we can trust in God. We can trust in the sustaining power of a God who loves us. Can I trust that God will sustain me through this present situation? Jesus goes on to say, if if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? In other words, the stuff we're talking about, the grass, the field, the flowers, it's all disposable stuff. It's stuff that, that, that flies away. It's stuff that gets burned sometimes. And if God has this level of care for disposable stuff, how much more will God care for you? Jesus says it's time to reflect on some of those things. It's time to trust him. Now, the the, the problem in making this point is that when you tell a worrier that the problem is lack of trust, what does a worrier do? A worrier worries about the fact that they're worrying. And I don't want you to hear this message today as uh, as guilt-producing or anything like that. That's not what Jesus is saying. Uh, Hear it as an invitation to reflect on the sustaining care of God in this world and for you. It's an invitation to reflect. Now listen, I'm I'm not naive. I know that people do get sick and that some people uh, will die. Everybody will die, but some people will die in the days ahead. Sometimes a sparrow does fall to the ground. Sometimes a flower does get mowed over. But you still never have to worry in the kingdom of God. Because in the kingdom of God, you are never at ultimate risk. In the kingdom of God that we're learning so much about in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, in the kingdom of God, you never really have to worry about your reputation or your health or your wealth or even your life. Because you belong to God and to God's kingdom and to God's care. We find ourselves in him. We rest in him. I was thinking about these words from the old Heidelberg Catechism. Uh, This refrain started with the question, what is our only hope in life and in death? And people would respond, our only hope in life and in death is that we are not our own, but belong body and soul, both in life and in death, to God and to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you think we might worry less if we reflected more on those words? We reflect on the fact that we belong to God and to his sustaining care. During this coronavirus time, there's been an internet challenge around this little song, God's Got the Whole World in His Hands. 
It's kind of a silly song. It's a children's song, really. But people are finding great comfort in this old refrain. God's got the whole world in his hands. And I wonder if we need to just reflect on that truth. God, God's got this. God's got this. We threw out this challenge to some ward folks, and it looks something like this. reflect. God's got this. God's got the whole world in his hands. God takes care of the birds of the air and the flowers in the field. And in life and in death, we can trust in him. We reflect. After we reflect, we release. Look at these fabulous words from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then here's the promise. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The idea here is that when a worry comes to your mind, uh, don't feel guilty about it. Don't beat yourself up over it. Just give it over to God. Give your anxiety over to God as we're invited to do. A very similar teaching recorded in 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. When a worry comes to mind, cast it to God. What are you most worried about right now? And I encourage you to write this down somewhere. What is that worry that's weighing most heavily on your heart and mind? Maybe it's a financial loss. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's death. Maybe it's another person. What is that worry? Write it down somewhere and then cast it on God. Then give it over to God 
as we are invited to do. You release it. We reflect on God's sustaining care. We release our anxiety to God and then replace it. Again, Jesus begins, do not worry. And he concludes, but seek first his kingdom. Don't worry, seek. To seek God's kingdom is to seek God's agenda. And God's agenda, God's primary concern, God's primary heart is for people. We serve people. And so God offers this kind of exchange, a swap. God says, you give me your worry and your anxiety and you pick up my agenda. You pick up the care of people. And we have so many great examples of this during the coronavirus. I put out a challenge uh, online somewhere a few weeks ago about uh, going to grocery stores. That's stay home, honor the home order. But when you have to go get groceries and you're going to be there anyway, when you're in line, uh, think about getting one of those gift cards at the, in the cashier area. And you put whatever amount on that card you feel led of God to do. And when the cashier gives you the card back, you give it right back to the cashier and say, this is for you. Thank you for serving. God bless you. And just see how that goes. And a bunch of people took me up on that challenge and there's still time to get in on this. And I've got a few letters of response. Folks telling me, uh, I got this letter. We, we loved your idea of buying a gift card for a cashier. I'd already planned to make a grocery run that morning. So I was at Target and bought a, a, a car at the checkout. I handed my card to the lady and said what you suggested. She was totally surprised and her immediate reaction was to reach out for a hug. Don't worry, we ended up with an elbow bump instead. And she kept saying, I can't believe it. For me, it was a great experience and I'm not sure which one of us was more blessed. Another lady wrote, uh, thank you so much for the idea. I went to Kroger this morning and I, I got a $25 gift card for both my cashier and my bagger. The cashier rang them up, put them in the bag. The bagger put it in my cart. And I said, oh, hang on a second. I need to get something out of that bag. And I handed the gift cards to each of them and they were speechless. The cashier said, I don't understand. And I said, thank you for what you're doing for us now and for showing up every day. She could not stop saying thank you. The young, the young bagger's jaw dropped. Uh, he kept saying thank you as well. I, I told them it's not about me. It's about thanking them for taking care. That felt so good. I want you to notice that. That felt so good. Another lady wrote that she was admired and asked if she could give the gift card. And the, the cashier said she wasn't allowed to accept gifts or tips. And just then a manager walked by and the lady asked the manager and was permitted to give the gift. And, uh, and she responds, it, it was a blessing to, to me. People who focus on blessing others find themselves worrying less about themselves. Right? This is, this is a principle we see time and time again. Two weeks ago, one of our church families put this note in the mailbox of their neighbors in their neighborhood. Dear neighborhood friends, this note in every box. Everywhere we turn, we hear news that can create fear, uncertainty, and concern for our closest family and friends as well as ourselves. We want you to know that God the Father is watching over you, caring for each moment. And then she quotes a, a Bible verse from prophet Isaiah. To demonstrate his love and care for you, we want you to know that we are available to help you in any way we can as your neighbor. If you don't want to get out and need groceries or other essential goods, we will be your personal shopper. Need to send a package or buy stamps? We will be your postman. Need to get medical help? We will be your ambulance driver. 
need a friendly ear that will listen or helpful words that will encourage you, we will be your neighbor and friend. We promise to take all CDC recommended precautions as we interact with you over the coming weeks. We don't want to bring harm to you or to your family, only blessing. We want each person in our neighborhood to know that you are not alone or forgotten. We are praying for you and your family throughout this ordeal. What a great way to express love for our neighbors. If there's ever been a better time to, to love practically our neighbors, this is it. And people are doing it. Uh, don't worry, but seek first God's kingdom. Everything else will follow. Help other people and you will worry less. Now the examples I gave you involve leaving your house and most of you should not leave your house. You should stay at home, stay. We still have some church volunteers who are delivering medical masks and groceries, but they're doing so with full protective gear and taking every precaution. Uh, you don't need to leave your house to bless somebody. You can bless somebody over the phone. You can bless somebody by mail. You can bless the people who live in your house, right? You can be a blessing to people. You can pursue the kingdom of God and take up God's agenda in this world. Again, it was Jesus who said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. This month during our Worship at Home series, I want to give you some questions each week that you can talk about together as a family uh, or with your small group the next time you meet over Zoom or wherever you meet. If you're all by yourself or if you just prefer, you can use these questions for your own reflection. And again, these questions can also be found on our website. They can be found in the, in the app. But for example, the first question this week, what do you admire about Jesus? And on what topic would you like to hear Jesus teach? Lots of topics in the Sermon on the Mount. What would you want to hear Jesus teach? Question number two, what are some of the things you tend to worry about? Do you keep those worries to yourself or do you talk with others about your worries? And, and on and on, you can use these to drive home the teaching into your life, into your heart, into your mind. And don't forget, if you've been counting the number of times you have heard the word worry or worries, again, you can send that to me at scott.mckee at ward.church. I look forward to getting your email and your guesses. Uh, some of you have been worried about this game, and you're worried you might be wrong, and you're, you're, you're worried about whether you get the email address right. You're like, worry, 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 worry. And I want to tell you, don't worry. There's no need to worry. Just play the game uh, along with me and send in your worried comments to me. You need to know that it is God's heart to bless, right? God, uh, God blesses. Blessing is what God does. And the reason it feels so good to bless somebody is because you and I are made in the image of a God who loves to bless. And I want you to receive a blessing from God today as our team sings this over us. Receive now the blessing of our God. Amen.
make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. The Lord bless you.
God is with you and for you. Hear these words from Psalm 105. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for a thousand generations. For he remembered his holy promise. He brought out his people with rejoicing, his chosen ones with shouts of joy. Praise the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.